Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up right after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. John, uh, do you know the difference between God and a philosopher? Uh, I, I can't think of any big difference, Ken. Oh, John, you walked right into that one. The difference is that God doesn't have a philosophy complex. Okay, okay, good joke. But God should have an inferiority complex these days or, or just feel plain ignored. Science takes care of everything God used to be called on to explain. You really think that science can explain all the mysteries of the universe? Well, maybe not. It might not be able to explain your Byzantine mind. Ha, <laughs> John, you're feisty today. Stay with us as we discuss whether science has replaced the uh, religion. But first, the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Well, except your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm John Perry. Uh, we're coming to you from the studios of KALW Radio in San Francisco, but you know, we like to imagine ourselves down in Stanford Corner, sitting underneath the veranda um, in Philosophy Corner there. Today we're going to examine two things, science and religion and their relationship. Uh, are these... Two ways of explaining the same thing, Ken? Oh, well, I mean, I think science is a way of explaining things and, you know, potentially everything. I, I'm kind of a scientistic guy, I have to admit. And religion, well, I don't know what business it's in, but uh, I don't think it has much explanatory work to do, John. So, so you just one of these young guys that thinks that science is going to explain everything, and uh, that'll be that. Well, I'm not so young anymore. What I am is a is a post Darwinian, I think, and a and a thoroughly modern guy. I mean, there was a time when you could have believed that. Uh, like the design argument for the existence of God was a good explanation of why there are people and animals with all these complexes. Well, but well, I don't think anybody post-Star winning can well, believe let, that let, Let's stop a minute and talk about what the design argument is, or I should say the design arguments. There's a very old argument, and I would guess it's the argument for the existence of God that has won the most adherence to yeah, religion. Yeah, that's probably right. And that's the idea that if you look around the world and you see uh, all the complexity and the way that things seem to be designed for each other, fruit trees seem to be designed for people to eat, uh, we're, we're, we are incredibly more complex than, uh, than the most complicated machine, and no one would ever come across a machine and say, oh, that just happened. So that argument the classic de design argument is is the one to which you refer. Yeah, but I think Darwin explains that capacity without a positing, you know, explain that complexity without positing an intelligent designer. So I just what do you mean positing? You know, without supposing that supposing, there is. Supposing, yeah. yeah that that there is why use a five dollar? Yeah, you're referring okay. to some other design argument. Well, there's a more there's an argument that says, okay, I'll, I'll give you that, but but evolution itself. Uh, the possibility of evolution, the possibility of a universe, anything like the one we have that could support life, depends on the fine-tuning of lots oh, yeah. of physical constants. Yeah. And what's the explanation for that? Why do we have a universe where the the law of gravity and, and uh, the nature of space-time is just suited Sounds like for evolution to occur? Oh, it's luck, I think, probably. Just random chance or something like that. You know, look, I'm going to concede something. I don't, I'm not saying, when I say science can explain everything, Thing. I'm not saying that every question is a scientific question. I mean, when science ends, there's still stuff left over. And, you know, uh, there's ethics. There's there's what's good and bad. How should I live my life? So science doesn't well, do is, everything there is, is to good, do. This is good, Ken. We've been at it for two minutes, and you're already conceded a lot. You're no longer a simple-minded scientist. <laughs> 
scientist or whatever, a scientistic person. I've, a scientist is a person who does science. A scientistic person is a person who believes that science answers all questions. And Ken, you've just you've heard the conversion of Ken <laughs> from a scientific <laughs> person to a to a more well-rounded philosopher. But we're going to hear now. Uh, from someone who uh, is a scientist but believes there's a lot more in the universe than science thinks of. Listen to the piece from Amy Standen, our roving philosophical reporter, and you'll know what I mean, Ken. Ask anyone who's devoted his life to a single pursuit, and there's usually a story behind it. This is Bob Russell's. I was always just fascinated with science. Got a telescope when I was a kid, a Bosch and Lohm spotter scope, and saw Saturn the first night and called Dad outside and said, look, that's Saturn. And he said, oh, no, it can't be Saturn. You know, you're just beginning. I said, no, it's Saturn. Take a look. And it was Saturn. <laughs> it was cool. So I was always very at home in nature. I knew the planets backwards when I was a kid. I used to tell people the names of them in reverse order, you know, because I loved space so much and always wanted to be the first person on Mars. Dad died suddenly when I was 12, and... That really sent a lot of complications into my life. After a few months, I got up the nerve to ask the Episcopal minister, or priest really, about Dad in heaven, because the minister had been very close. I had been an acolyte and knew him very well. So Mom invited him for dinner, and afterwards I took him out to my little shop and asked him, you know, will I see Dad in heaven? And he put his hand on my shoulder and said, Bob, because of science, we don't believe in heaven anymore. Really, really kind of a devastating thing to say. I think I realized that he was trying to be honest with me and not give me false hopes. I also realized that it couldn't be true. The God I believe in is a God of love and compassion who created me and created my dad and my mom and, and wouldn't abandon my dad or my relation with my dad just because the conceptual framework of heaven and earth was inadequate for it. And he posed it as if it was a conflict. Because of science, we don't believe in heaven. And I would rather have said, well, because of science, we don't have the same conception of heaven. Not that there is no possible conception of heaven, because that's just more than the power of science can give you. Bob Russell stuck with science, eventually getting a doctorate in physics. But he always felt that there were questions science couldn't answer. Today, Russell is the director of the Center for Theology and the Natural Sciences in Berkeley, where his work explores that paradox he first encountered when he was 12. So science not only is a window on the world, but it's also a window on a world which points beyond itself. The world raises that question, well, why are we here? Why is the world here? Why does it make sense? Why is it so beautiful? Are those valid questions? And if you say, well, they aren't, then that's fine. If you say they are, they lead beyond science into this whole world of aesthetics and morality and religion. You know, is my dad just gone? And if so, well, what's the meaning of love and building a better relationship and getting an insurance policy and sending kids to college. I mean, what is the broader framework in which all that has meaning? And if there is no framework, then why do you do it? Why do science? And what I'm suggesting is that probably because it's so wonderful and exciting and challenging and, and fun, but it's also is a connection to, for me at least, to God who's the source of all it is. In a sense, looking at God's handiwork like setting from the Grand Canyon, you have this feeling of, wow, it's, it's huge. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music 
or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.